Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. This is Let's Go Blues Radio starring Jeff Ponder and two other guys. What is the worst goal you feel like you have ever given up in your career? Oh, I got to pick just one. There's so uh, <laughs> just one. How about, okay, let me, let me. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, <laughs> overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing. amazing how in the morning I'd wake up and I couldn't find my toothbrush and then I realized it was floating in the back of the toilet and then I put one and one together and I knew who did it. <laughs> I was Gilmore. When a guy misses a slap shot, the first thing he does is look at his stick. <laughs> yeah, it really has nothing to do with the stick. Now the girls won't do that. The girls will internalize. They'll blame themselves when there's a mistake with guys have Jokin it came down from, from uh, I believe it was the LA Kings we were affiliated with at the time. And the guy just had just a, just a rotten attitude. Never thought highly of him, uh, you know, from that standpoint. So, yeah. This is the Let's Go Blues Radio Summer Series, and I'm your host, Jeff Ponder. Thanks for tuning in this week as we are entering Episode 6 of Season 12. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com, where we help you make every workout, every meal count, do life better. And by Mark Burgoyne of Real Brokerage Realty. Use StrikeWithMike.com to search properties in your area and to contact Mike, who will help put you in your dream home or sell your current home. And by Center Ice Brewery, which serves St. Louis with flavorful hockey-themed beer, Find your new favorite brew at local grocery stores and liquor stores throughout the St. Louis area. This is franchise episode number 415 all time. And as I said, episode six of season 12, we have one of my favorite friends of the show on with us today, Uh, but we'll get to her in a minute. Uh, So first of all, I guess let's call out the obvious. Uh, No all time team reveal this week. We're taking a little break from it. Uh, You know, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, As I've stated before, we've got. uh, So first I have guys or the team, the panel. uh, So ladies and gents uh, pick their players that they want to be included. I then rank those uh, and say, okay, who got in the top four then i combine those with the uh all-time team that the blues put out in 2002 that was the 35th anniversary team and so then i have the panel rank those then i create the twitter polls those run for a week and then i have to figure that all that out after do some math sometimes because sometimes the you know to reveal what that player what player belongs and what maybe doesn't make the cut since there's different polls going on there's a lot that goes into it so uh sometimes we need like a buffer week just to make sure that we'll have enough 
of the right content ready to go for these shows. So uh, we're taking a little break here, but I think it's a good break because we've got an awesome guest, one of my favorite people to have on the show. Um, so join us next week if you're wanting a, an all-time team revealed show. We'll do left wing next week. We'll get to that a little later. Uh, as far as the NHL goes, uh, we have our Stanley Cup final. So it's going to be Vegas and Florida. Um, I feel like everyone outside of Vegas and producer Austin are probably rooting for Florida. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, but, uh, I mean, as a St. Louisan, how can you not root for Florida with Matthew Kachuk leading the way and having just an unreal playoff? If you've not been paying attention, Matthew Kachuk's going off. Uh, him and Sergei Bobrovsky have just been ridiculous. Uh, the, I mean, the whole Panthers team, obviously, two guys can't win uh, win as many games as they have, but um, they have been monumental in getting Florida where they are. Uh, so very happy to see Matthew Kachuk playing so well, and uh, I just love his style of play. Um, you know, I said it a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was even last week, Matthew Kachuk, um, does he not – embody exactly what Keith Kachuk was as a player. Um, but he's even better. Like Kurt said, he's got better hands. I think he's quicker, but man, just that style of play, just love, love, love watching it. So, uh, good news about this Stanley cup final. Uh, it starts on Vegas Saturday night at seven o'clock central time. And the good news is all on TNT. TNT has the exclusive rights for the Stanley cup final. So we'll see that great panel. Hopefully we'll see Charles Barkley, jump in more. I love when he, uh, when he jumps into the broadcast, um, cause he's a big hockey fan and, uh, just love that panel. That panel's great. So, uh, and I think the coverage overall is better than ESPN. So worldwide leader, my ass, uh, so special guest and friend of the show, Amanda Levier. Uh, she's back folks. Uh, she's back on let's go blues radio. Uh, we talk to her about her time in the PHF, which she is still there. Uh, Minnesota Whitecaps goaltender brought her team all the way to the PHF final this year for the Isabel Cup. Unfortunately, lost to the Toronto Six, who uh, won their first championship. But uh, uh, Lev has some great stories from this past season, which was a crazy one for Minnesota. We'll talk about the ups and downs of their year. You know, Blues fans felt pretty crazy with uh, the way the the season started this year, you know, with, uh, what was it, uh, winning three, losing eight, winning seven, and then it was like they had a couple other little streaks early on, too, and it was just that the Minnesota season was like that it, it, the whole year. So um, it was interesting talking to her and, and finding the parallels there with uh, this last year we saw from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, we also talk about some injuries, favorite jerseys she's played in, and just random hockey stuff. So, these are always some of my favorite interviews to have. We went on for about 50 minutes, uh, which we normally don't go that long, but we just had so much fun. Uh, we just kept going. So, uh, yes, uh, that'll be coming up here in a little bit after the break. Uh, but before we go to break, I do want to remind people uh, that we have our votes going right now for that Blues all-time team. Uh, so remember to vote on the polls over on the Twitter page over at LGB Radio. Pretty much Whenever you're listening to this, as long as it's over the summer, there will be a poll going. So even if you're listening to this in two weeks, uh, jump on because there'll be a poll going for right wing or center or something um, or goalie or coach or whatever. Uh, but right now we have uh, the second vote. So there's two polls for each forward position. Uh, we have the second one going for left wing. 
Uh, and that is Alexander Steen, Pavel Dimitra, uh, David Perron, and uh, Pavel Buchnevich made the team as well. Well, made the rankings uh, from the panel. Uh, so that is, uh, that is current uh, up right now if you go there before Friday. After Friday, I think, yeah, next will be the right wing vote. Uh, so, uh, we'll start our right wings there. So, uh, be tuned in for that. Cause that'll be, uh, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, remember to comment on the Twitter poll for a chance to win a prize. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So, uh, and then again, if you're not on Twitter, but you want to still participate, you can comment. Uh, we always make a post on Facebook, uh, about where to find the Twitter poll. It's a link to the Twitter page. Uh, make sure you comment on there. I'll count that towards uh, the possibility of a giveaway. Um, so we uh, gave away last week, which I have not sent it out yet, a Colton Pareko signed puck. This time, oh, hang on. We'll be giving away a 2022-23 St. Louis Blues media guide. And I got a couple more lined up that uh, we will be announcing in future shows. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. And uh, again, get those comments and let us know why you voted or didn't vote uh, the way you did. Well, uh, let's go ahead and take a break here. On the other end of this, you're going to hear from uh, uh, winningest PHF goaltender in history who's still active, by the way. So she's just going to keep racking up those wins. Amanda Levier, uh, she joins us on the other side of this break. We'll return after these messages. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do, I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feeling of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery beer today. LGB. Let's go beer. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of 
of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles, and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio. The longest running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. And we're back from break, and I'm joined by friend of the show, now a three-time friend of the show, Amanda Levier, uh, Minnesota Whitecaps goaltender. She's also a goalie and ice hockey coach. Uh, and, uh, if, if you're watching the video here, you're seeing a very awesome Jersey in the background, which I'm going to ask her about. Uh, but, uh, Amanda, thank you very much for coming on the show again. Good to have you. And, uh, welcome back to let's go blues radio. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I know you and I always have a good conversation, so I'm really looking forward to doing that for a third time. So thanks again for having me. It's me just setting you up and letting you talk. Don't don't give me any credit at all, okay? <laughs> so before we get into it, I do have to bring up, since you are a three-time member of the show, last year you said something on the show that made me crack up, and now I am actually using it in the summer show opens. So I'm going to play that for you. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, starring Jeff Ponder and two other guys. What is the worst goal you feel like you have ever given up in your career? Oh, I gotta pick just one. There's so uh, <laughs> just one. How about okay? Let me let me just one goal. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. had me rolling. I remember editing it the next day, and I'm like, I forgot she said that. That was so funny. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Uh-oh. I guess I got to be careful with what I say <laughs> as a goalie. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. I mean, I, we were just telling a story the other night because I play defense, and somebody asked me, what's the worst own goal you've ever had? And it was when a guy, literally, I was in high school, and we were down by one goal, and it was a big game. I think we we had to, like, win out to make the playoffs, and guy ends up spinning me around as the puck was sitting in the crease i go to still i'm like i'm still gonna fire it fired it right in my own net i mean like i probably shot that thing as hard as i would if it were a slap shot and my team's just looking at me going what the hell man and i'm like the guy spun me around they're like yeah but you should still know where you're at on the ice and i'm like this is why I'm never going to make the NHL guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, the fact that he spun you around, I feel like that's a little bit of an excuse. What did the goalie say to you? Well, he, he just kind of gave me a look and then like shook his head. And I'm like, where were you? What were you doing? <laughs> that's, that's true. Goalies are always at fault, right? <laughs> that's right. It's always the goalie's fault. I'm glad always. you agree. <laughs> yeah, it always is. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, well, what, I want to talk to you about uh, this season here for the Minnesota Whitecaps, a crazy season you guys had. Um, so if you look at it, you guys started, and, and for Blues fans, this is relatable. The Blues started 3-0, and then they lost eight in a row, then they won seven in a row. And it was just like, okay, team, can we find some consistency here? You guys had a very similar year, very odd 
Uh, first, you started 0-2-0-2. And remember, that includes ties and overtime losses. Uh, then you went 11-2-0 after that. Then you ended the season 0-7-0-1. But then you won your two against the Boston Pride in the playoffs, outscoring them 9-3. to So a whirlwind of a season for the Minnesota Whitecaps. Yeah, kind of from start to season or start to the end of the season, it was a roller coaster of a ride for all the players, the fans, and anyone who was invested in watching us. Like you mentioned, we started the season zero and four. You were nice to say, oh, uh, <laughs> oh, two and two. We we as a team believe that that meant zero and four, and we had a really good leadership group. That after we went zero and four, they called a team meeting, they brought everybody in, and they. Uh, decided that we were going to create a new identity for our team. We had a lot of turnover from the year before. I think we only had seven returning players, which was uh, something that was, I think, needed in a sense, but it's also pretty difficult when you're a completely new team to play well and gel well together. Well, that after that team meeting, we went on a little bit of a, a good run. Uh, I think we were, we won nine out of our next 10 games. And then, kind of hit another rocky patch and we went 0-8 going into the playoffs which is not something that you want normally at the end of the season you want to be playing your best hockey because it's a goal as of any team especially for the Whitecaps to be competing for an Isabel Cup and that's not the way you want to go in but one thing about our team that I think was pretty special is even though we weren't winning as many games as we wanted we always we're coming to the rink with the attitude of we're going to get better and we're going to do everything that we can in order to get the results that we wanted. And it didn't come for eight straight games, but uh, playing in Boston and being able to beat them was a pretty rewarding feeling for all that effort that went in behind the scenes, things that people don't see. And there's a lot of talks on social media about our team and as it should be. I mean, if you're losing eight games in a row, not a lot of people are going to have a ton of faith in you, but our captains completely believed and everybody else followed and, and things worked out pretty well in, in Boston. Yeah. Uh, a friend of yours, friend of mine and a friend of the show, Dan Rice, uh, who covers the New Jersey devils and the PHF. Um, he said he saw you play in Boston uh, in one of those playoff games and said that you were phenomenal and just basically you could tell you wanted it and the whole team too. So being able to, again, you're coming in 0 and 8. I mean, there's no bigger adversity you can face than coming into the playoffs going 0 and 8. And you guys were mm-hmm. able to turn out two wins against a good Boston team. Uh, that just shows team resilience to me. Exactly. And and during that eight game losing streak, I think we maybe only scored eight goals, maybe nine goals total. We were really struggling offensively. And for those who watch the league uh, and know Boston as a team, there's someone who score a lot of goals and don't give up many. A lot of that was due to their incredible goaltender, Schroeder, who came in and just pretty much shot everybody out. I think she shot us out three out of the four times that we played her during the regular season. Uh, so we knew going in that it was going to be pretty tough to score and knowing that we hadn't scored in in the last eight games kind of added to that. But our coaches sat us down. We kind of went through video on, on how we had to play Boston. And I think as a team, we did an incredible job from start to finish. We never let Boston play the game that they wanted to. Uh, and they were losing for the majority of the series, which is something that we knew 
Boston wasn't used to. Normally they're winning two nothing after the first period. And then by the end of the game, it's five nothing. And we just didn't allow Boston to have that. The defensemen were incredible the whole game. They are both games. They were blocking a tremendous amount of shots. Everybody was invested in doing whatever they could personally to help the team in order to get through Boston. And after we won that first game, we're kind of in the dressing room. We were super excited, but we were a little bit shocked. We were like, wow, we just did that. Like, wow, this feels great. It's been a long time since we've been able to play our win song. And then I feel like that momentum kind of carried us into the next game. And the next game was the best game, hands down, that we had played as a team the whole season. We just dominated from start to finish. And it it was so, so much fun at the end of the game, just being swarmed by teammates and, and just getting ready for the next weekend, which was our goal. Unfortunately, we didn't win the Isabel Cup, but we... Which kind of puts a dark cloud over our playoff run. With everything that we went through during the season, it, it was such a, a bright light to get through Boston. And then, you know, Toronto kind of did their thing, which was unfortunate. But, uh, like, playing for this team was, was so much fun, despite it being such a roller coaster of a season. I'll tell you, for someone, if there's somebody out there listening right now who has never seen a lick of PHF time, um, they will say, oh, you beat Boston. Great. We hate Boston. So I'm sure, like, even people listening who've never seen the Pride player probably sitting there going, yeah, good. Go Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> you guys are the Florida Panthers, right? <laughs> yeah, Florida's doing really well right now. Yeah, and we're kind of the same way, too. There's something about Boston. They're such a, a physical and talented team that it's always – really hard games irrespective of the score just physically demanding and they're just one of those teams that you just get super pumped to play but you also know that it's going to be a really tough and hard game so being Boston was extra special for us because it hasn't been something that we've been able to do I think ever in the Whitecaps history to beat them two games in a row so what was what was that handshake line like because Boston they pretty much I'm sure no offense to, to you and your team they were probably sitting there going, okay, we're, who are we facing in the championship? And you guys come in and beat them and just, I mean, what was that handshake line like? Was there anything said? I'm not saying anything sinister, but was it more like, wow, you guys were great? Or was it they were kind of heads down, let's just get through this and get to the locker room? Yeah, one of the things about a lot of players in the league is everybody's really respectful and, and hardworking and everyone on Boston was, was super uh, respectful as they went through the lines or at least for me I, and I know for other teammates as well they were looking us in the eyes and, and saying congratulations and and good luck one thing that was tough for me was to see Ali Thunstrom she played on the team last year and she's someone who's had such a big impact on the Whitecaps organization and, and seeing her upset uh, kind of was a little bit hard to see hard to to see that but I was also so excited and and so grateful to be part of the Whitecaps and be able to experience that uh with them because a few weeks earlier I didn't even know if I would be able to be in the lineup or if I would be uh in the stands so just being part of that was so cool and then Paul Mara uh stopped me and he talked to me for for a little bit and and it was shocking what he said but I'm it was just overall it was really good experience. Everyone was super respectful and, and, and kind. And it's tough because you there can only be one winner. And, and sometimes the emotions get the best of you because we are competitive and we're human at the end of the day. But everybody on that Boston team was really, they had such great class as they went through that, that line. 
So you mentioned uh, the injury uh, that you had this season. We talked a lot last year, and and I recommend anybody who's maybe going through a hockey injury and and you know in juniors or whatever. Uh, if you're listening to the show and you're like, oh man, this is really tough. Listen to the last time we had Lev on. Uh, she gave some great insight on what it's like to be an injured goalie during a regular season. So you had another injury this year. I don't know if it. I don't want to. It's up to you. I'll let you say if it was the same one or not. But I mean, how demoralizing was that for you? And how different was it from the injury you suffered last year in terms of your your mental state? It well, the one thing about being injured and last season, I had gone through it and I was able to come back and play. So there was that side of it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be able to come and, and finish the season. But also going through an injury during the season, I knew how tough it was. So the flip side of that was there's a positive part to this. And then there's the, this is going to be a really hard next few weeks. And one thing that I personally struggled a lot with was the timeline of the injuries. So last year on February 9th was when uh, my injury occurred. I didn't find out the severity of it until February 11th. And then this season, my injury occurred on January 25th. And I didn't find out the severity of it until February 9th. So it was almost like 365 days later, I'm in the exact same position, which was tough because I, I knew how hard it was going to be. And last season, I was given a lot of hope from the doctors that I would be able to maybe come back and finish the season this year. When I, when I heard uh, what it was, they told me my season is pretty much done. So I didn't really have that lifeline like I did last year or that hope. But one thing that really helped me through my injury was my teammates. They texted me from, from the moment that I thought I was injured. They had sent me texts and they continuously texted me. And I can't tell you, and anyone who's listening, if you know someone who's injured, just send them a text. It really makes their day, especially for an athlete. I feel like when you're in the season, a lot of the actions that you take or you don't take are heavily influenced on how it's going to impact your performance on the ice or on the field, whatever your sport is. And for me personally, I feel like a lot of athletes are probably the same way. Like during the season, you live, breathe, eat, and sleep your sport. And when it's taken away from you, you just, you don't really know where your place is, especially when the season's going on, because you're watching your teammates be able to compete and they're working towards the goal that they set with you earlier on in the season and, and they get to continue and you just have to watch from the sidelines. There's not much you can do to help. So having your teammates text you or anybody in general text you and just ask you how you're doing goes such a long way. And I attribute me being able to come back was just the compassion of my teammates and just how much they made me feel like I was a part of the team and, and still part of the team, even though I didn't feel like it when I was watching them up in the stands. And I hope uh, who's ever going through an injury knows that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And no matter how dark it feels like there are people out there that care about you and that are going to help you get back and injuries only last for so long there's there's so much else outside of just your injury but when you're stuck in that moment that's kind of all you can think about but I, I can't tell you how thankful I am for all my teammates and everyone involved who who helped me through this so it sounds like you had a similar uh, maybe not as drastic uh thing as a blues player this year uh he had off-season i think with shoulder surgery alexi Toropchenko. they said he's not coming back till december he dressed opening night it was early october and it was just 
He said, he even said, like, I was so bummed when I got the diagnosis. There's no way I'm playing until maybe even into the new year. What am I going to do? But a miraculous turnaround. He comes back ready for start of the season. I know he was super excited. His teammates were pumped for him. So you say you got that original diagnosis of your season might be done, but you come back, you're able to make it in time, even for playoffs. Uh, when you got the the good news of, hey, you know what? Your season's not done. Uh, tell me about that. How did that feel? Well, I was actually in Costco with my husband when I got the, the phone call. And we were looking for ramen because – I don't know, comfort food <laughs> when you're injured. And my husband had been so great through both processes the first year and then this year. And he brought me there to look for ramen, which we couldn't find the special kind. Uh, but I get the phone call from the doctor and she was saying that there's a chance, a small chance was her words. We don't know exactly, but they had consulted with other doctors and it looked like there was maybe a potential that I could finish out the season and hearing that at first I was just very confused and then next I just wanted to like run up and down the Costco aisles and jump up and down just what how excited it was just to have that knowledge and that potential of maybe I I could come back and and get to put on the jersey with my teammates even if I can't be the one in the net when the game's playing just have my jersey on and 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 be with the team and shortly after that I think maybe week and a half later I was back on the ice so that (laughs) that phone call was was just awesome and I wanted to stay calm because I wasn't really supposed to be jumping or running or doing anything (laughs) at that point but it it was just one of the the best feelings because not even a few days earlier I was told that my season was done and I it was just really hard to come to or grasp reality of that situation that I wouldn't be able to do the thing that I wanted to do the most, which was play hockey with my teammates. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just imagining a situation where you're just walking down the ramen aisle and all of a sudden you just see this woman go, ah, just start screaming, (laughs) running up and down the aisle. Oh my God, look at this crazy person. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, maybe I was jumping up and down I can't remember the specifics of it I just remember being really excited and, and trying to contain it because I I did want to play so I didn't want to do anything that was going to further my injury yep I don't blame you so you mentioned it as well you guys uh, made it all the way to the championship in the PHF playing for the Isabel Cup uh, but you lost to the Toronto Six four to three in overtime uh, this game was played at the Mullet Arena which I want to ask you about in a little bit um, but, uh, you know, this, I watched this game. This was some exciting hockey. Um, I caught games throughout the season, but I made sure I actually funny story. Uh, the blues had a game this night and they were getting smoked. I can't remember who it was from, but they were losing like, I think it was the Kings, like five to one. And I didn't care. I'm like, I'm not watching that game tonight. I'm watching the PHF championship. And so I'm getting texts from people that are like, Hey, you catching this? The Blues comeback? This is insane. And I'm like, ah, I'm watching the PHF, guys. Sorry. And <laughs> I think they still end up losing like seven to six. But it was like everybody, you know, the next show. Oh, my God, what a crazy game. And I'm like, well, let me tell you about the PHF final. <laughs> so that was the better hockey to me. I mean, I don't know. I You tell me if the PHF is better than the NHL. But that's what I chose that night. And I think I made the right decision. <laughs> well thank you for for tuning in it was uh the arena was awesome one thing that 
wasn't an advantage or a disadvantage for either team was the puck was so bouncy. It was relatively warm in there, and it was something that we hadn't experienced before, and I'm sure Toronto was in the in the same boat. But I had never seen a puck bounce around as much as it did. And there was a couple turnovers on both sides, and I think a lot of that can probably be contributed to how bouncy the puck was. There were some rebounds that were popping out, and I think it was maybe three minutes left in the game Sydney Baldwin took a shot from the red line and it bounced right in front of Truly in a weird way. And, and she made a really good glove save, but that could have been the game right there. Just a, a weird bouncing puck like that. And looking back on it, I really wish that puck would have gone in, but that's hockey. You don't always <laughs> get the bounces uh, that you wanted want to, but it, it was a really awesome experience to, to be a part of and, like I mentioned before, there can only be one winner in, in an outcome of a game. And un, unfortunately, uh, we had to play three on three, which is tough. Uh, and we ended up uh, having not so great of a bounce. And then it ended up in front of our net and Toronto capitalized on it. Uh, congrats to the Toronto Six. Uh, but even though we didn't win that game, there was so much that I think our team should be proud of and just how we were able to make that game when I don't even know if everyone on our team even believed that we could have been there, but it, just coming together as, as a team and just having the opportunity to play in that game and knowing uh, as we go into this season, that's definitely going to be something in the back of all of our minds who are returning and those who are, are joining the Whitecaps is it's not a great feeling to watch the other team throw their gloves and then go tackle each other. And in my case, unfortunately, it was right beside me uh, where they were all jumping on top of each other and screaming. It's a very long and sad journey back to your team while everybody's racing past you, celebrating on the other side. But standing on the line with my teammates, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but besides beside them. And I know the Whitecaps have a really bright future in front of them, and it's just one game, and we're going to come back stronger from it next season. You mentioned the the bouncy puck, and yes, that was noticeable, and it was noticeable through many Coyotes games this year too. I think, um, but yeah, I, it, it was bouncy. There was a point, I think, even in the first period where I saw a Toronto Six player just literally skate right past the puck in the neutral zone, like didn't even touch it because it bounced like straight up in the air, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't happen in any even men's league. You don't see persons just skate through the puck. So mm-hmm. you could tell pretty, pretty early on, but as a goalie, you know, a, a lot of goalies are saying like, I want to see the puck, give me the puck early. I want to make a save early in a game like that, where the puck's bouncing like crazy. Are you kind of just like, man, I hope none of the pucks get towards the crease because I'm not gonna be able to read where it's going is, or, or is it more like, I want to see it more so I can understand where, how the puck's bouncing out there. Well, every game is going to be different. Sometimes there's going to be games where you're getting less than 20 shots, other games where you're getting getting over 40. But the goal is always the same, to keep the puck out of the net. And there there are factors in the game that change depend on, depending on which rink you play at. And regardless of if the puck is bouncy or not bouncy or whatever it is, it's my goal and any goal any goalie's goal to get in front of the puck right I do remember during the game though talking to the ref and saying can you put these pucks on ice 
like yeah. so that they're not so bouncy and the ref was like ah they're, they're on ice the tr- trust us we know it's bouncy we're trying to get them to be a little less bouncy but uh, no my goal going into the game was just to give my team an opportunity to win and, and stop whatever gets past the the five players in front of me and they did a really good job especially in the first period I don't think I had very many shots maybe five, four or five maybe six max uh, and they blocked a lot of shots. And I think we really controlled the play in the first period. After that, things kind of didn't quite go the way that we would have wanted. But again, that's that's hockey. But uh, playing in that arena was special, regardless of if the puck was bouncy, bouncy or not. So um, I want to talk to you about actually the first goal that was scored in that game. Uh, I'm going to probably butcher her name here. Hopefully not. Dominica Laskova. Uh, she scored, uh, she basically skated into the crease after she scored the goal during her celebration and bumped into you. I have to ask you, are you in a moment like that? Are you kind of like, okay, whatever, just wait till the next play. Or are you kind of like, what the hell are you doing skating into my crease? Come on, let's be honest here. (laughs) Yeah, I think as a goalie, it's important not to get too high or too low in terms of emotions. So regardless of what's going on in front of me or who's running into me, I always want to try to stay kind of at that uh, medium level of, uh, of emotion. So it didn't really bother me that she ran into me. Obviously I was coming back or still injured. So I, I didn't want to fall quite the way that I did, but it ended up happening and uh, you just got to shake it off and, and get ready for the next puck. I feel like players, sometimes maybe purposely try to get under a goalie skin. And if they notice that, I feel like they're going to run into you a little bit more, be a little bit physical around you. And my teammates always laugh at this, but like, I don't mind when people run into me, I kind of find it entertaining and fun. So there's a, a, there was a video, I think of Madison Packer ran into me in one of the games against the Riveters. And I think I gave her a hug on the ice. So that kind of <laughs> describes like who I am. Like it, it just, it doesn't bother me if people run into me, obviously I would like there to be goalie interference so we can get an opportunity to maybe score on a power play, but that stuff doesn't, really get under my skin or or bother me and I don't think she intentionally did it now my mom would say something completely different she (laughs) would be like she did it on purpose and but anyways no it it didn't really bother me so you are the anti-Jordan Bennington you uh you somebody skates through your crease and barely touches you you're not like all right I gotta go kick this girl's ass (laughs) because that's what Bennington would do (laughs) yeah I mean I don't want people running into me so like I don't think anybody in the league intentionally would do that, but I mean, Bennington has some pretty good videos online, some interesting ones of him. Uh, I don't think I could say that I would ever do that. Uh, chase anybody up the ice or <laughs> tell the other goalie to let's go, let's have a fight. That's just kind of not my, my personality at all. So, so no goalie fights for Lev in the future. Yeah, no, <laughs> probably not. So if we ever see it, we know, okay, that that player deserved it then because Lev, there's no way she'd ever do that intentionally. Like she deserved it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, may, maybe if somebody was roughing up another teammate, I might step in there, but if somebody's running into me and it didn't hurt, like I, I don't think I would go nuts over it. Uh, but you never know. know. Some things could change. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, it's a passionate game, so it can definitely happen. Um, <laughs> 
So, you know, speaking of the passion, the game-winning goal, you mentioned it. Hard forecheck, puck bounce, just unfortunate for the Whitecaps. Uh, but it was a great forecheck from Teresa Vanisova. Um, she knocked your teammate, Liz Shepers, off the puck. Um, and then roofed a, a, let's face it, sorry, Lev, a great shot over you. And, um, but you know, I know as a player, again, I've, I've been there for high school championships, even stupid beer league stuff where you make a mistake that ends the game or you're involved in a play that leads to the end of the game on a negative side, you know, your teammate Liz, you know, I'm sure that she probably took blame for the loss. I'm sure you probably took some blame just because that's what we do as hockey players. But what are your words of encouragement for somebody who maybe is like, oh, Lev, I'm so sorry that was my fault. You know, maybe you said it to, to, to Liz. Maybe you said it to somebody else throughout the season. What do you tell these defensemen when they are, or, or even forwards, when they feel like they're at blame for a goal? Well, everybody at the end of the day is human and we're all going to make mistakes. And I, Liz is an incredible player. And it wasn't her fault what happened. There were so many other plays in the game that led to that moment. I mean, we could go back to when I mishandled the puck behind the net and had a miscommunication with uh, the defenseman. We could point it to, oh, that puck bounced over so-and-so's stick and it led to a two-on-one or um, Toronto had all the momentum in the overtime. There's so many things that you could say, but at the end of the day, you win and you lose as a team. And we had opportunities to put the puck in the net, which we didn't. And oftentimes, and this is something that a lot of goalies have to deal with. Uh, once pucks get by us, like that, that's it. That's pretty much game over. Our goal is scored. But there's so many mistakes that happen everywhere and so many mistakes that Toronto made as well that might not have costed them. That's that's just part of hockey. We're going to make mistakes. And it's that is not the reason why we lost. There are so many other factors that contributed to to that moment that unfortunately just happened to be the end of the game. Um, but I mean, I, maybe I, I should have saved the puck too, right? It had to go through all three players on the ice at that or four, if you include me. So there's no one to, no one to blame. It's a, a team, it's a team win or a team loss. Like I'm sure Toronto's not going. The only reason why they won was because of that one player. Right. Right. So it's, and it's that- the same thing on our side. Yep, I I've had this talk with when I was coaching a, a young kids team and a kid turned the puck over in overtime. Guy skates right down on a breakaway, shoots, scores. He comes to the bench almost in tears. I'm so sorry, coach. I can't believe I did that. And I'm just like, you know what? In 1996, the greatest player to ever play the game, Wayne Gretzky, turned the puck over to Steve Eiserman and game seven. And he skates in and scores on John Casey, one of the greatest goals in NHL history. Unfortunately, it was against the St. Louis Blues. But the greatest player in history, you could point to if you really wanted to and said he was the reason for that goal. It happens to everyone. You just have to look forward to the next game, the next season, and just say, this is part of the game. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's a microcosm of the game. It's not just that one play led to us losing. It's, well, maybe you hit the post in the third period. Maybe you uh, 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 caused a penalty to lead to a power play goal late in the third. You know, it's whatever it could be. It's moments throughout the game, not just that one moment. And that's what I tried to stress to these kids. And I'm sure you do the same thing when uh, when you're coaching out on the ice. 
exactly and then in the dressing room everyone had their gear on for quite a while and we were just sitting there and and talking and and Liz mentioned in something and I mentioned something and right away the whole team was like no 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 this is no one's fault like we win as a team we lose as a team and I think that was something that was special about the Whitecaps is nobody would ever point fingers at someone saying that we're not winning games because of you or we're winning a game because of just you like everybody was involved together and and had the goal to come together in order to be successful and we had some moments where we did really well and we had some other moments in the game where we didn't do well but one thing was for sure that everybody had a teammate by their side by their side that would do anything for them and I'm grateful that I got to be part of a team culture that was like that yep uh, so, uh, again, you, this game was played at Mullet Arena and, uh, blues fans and hockey fans in general know about what's going on at Mullet Arena. Um, the Arizona Coyotes playing there this year, very small capacity, but I'm sure a very, uh, crazy crowd with, with how, uh, intense and, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, intimate the setting is. Um, so for you, what was it like, you know, just overall playing at this, weird NHL arena. I mean, the game didn't end the way that we wanted to. So that probably paints my perspective a little bit, but it was, it was really cool to see some of the fans. I had saw some fans that were um, used to follow the Gophers and and still do. And I had no idea that they were going to be there. I had um, my, some of my family came, my husband and his parents both came and there were so many Whitecaps jerseys in the arena and the way that they had set it up is they put all of the fans on one side of the ice, which was kind of cool. So it looked in that one section, like it was completely packed Uh, in other sections. It looked a a little bit empty, which the stands were pretty dark. So sometimes when the puck goes up against the glass, it's a little bit hard to see, but again, that's, that's part of hockey and playing in different ranks. You have to be able to adjust, but, it was really nice with how bright it was. We play at Richfield Ice Arena, which is a much different feel of Mullet Arena. It's a little bit darker. So I know from talking with some of the photographers that they thought that it was a, such a great rink because of how bright it was. And I know on the ice as a goalie, you want to be able to see the puck. So the brighter the rink is, the easier it is to see. So I, I enjoyed playing at it. Totally wish the game would have ended a different way and we could be talking uh, about a Whitecaps win, but that's kind of just the way hockey goes. Sometimes it doesn't always go your way. So what, uh, what was, was your locker room? One of those makeshift locker rooms that the away team played in for, uh, NHL teams. No, it was actually quite nice. They had two locker rooms that were combined together. We had a massive amount of space, which was great. There was a lot of players before the game that were rolling out or I like to play soccer before a game. So a few of us were, we're throwing a soccer ball around with our feet and keeping it up and having that space and, and a facility like that is really cool. And as we exited out of our dressing room, there was this kind of long tunnel that we got to walk down right onto the ice surface into our end zone, which was, was really cool. Awesome. Uh, so that's not the only arena that you played at that was interesting this year. Uh, you also played at the rink at the American Dream Meadowlands, uh, where the Met- Metropolitan Riveters are calling home. And that's an interesting rink because it's actually inside of a mall. So what was that experience like for you? 
if I'm being honest, that was probably one of my favorite hockey rinks that I've ever played in. I've never mm-hmm. experienced anything like that. And my teammates, some they were kind of, I guess, were 50-50 on whether or not they liked it. That rink was incredibly hot. Our trainer had ice bags for us in between oh. each intermission because we were all just overheating and, and sweating profusely it was it was insane with how warm it was but it it was such a cool experience to just see people walking around with shopping bags and people with coffees coming over and and stopping to just watch hockey in a rink Uh, it was a little bit bright and there was a lot of weird lights going on but there's something about it that was really special and I'm looking forward to playing in there again I I love that rink from everything about it was awesome for me if you're backup, can you just kind of sit there and be like, "Hey, uh, Sabaros, uh, over here, I'll take I'll take a slice." Like, is that possible on that rink? <laughs> I, I think there might have been. Uh, I know there was a candle shop that was right by there. I don't know if there might have been a pretzel, uh, pretzel shop or Cinnabon that was close by because our trainer and I think our equipment manager between periods or something went to to go get one. <laughs> which is something that is wild to me, but it was really cool. After our second game, a lot of us went and watched the Vikings play the the Giants because they were playing at that time. Uh, And all we had to do was just walk out of the locker room, go up a couple stairs, and there we were right into a place where there was a ton of food and and just places that we could sit down as a team and and watch the game. That's awesome. Yeah, so – I think it'd be funny hearing the announcer like, uh, and uh, the and the Riveters are taking the ice, and here come the. Well, it looks like the Whitecaps don't have their goalie. Oh, she's over shopping at the candle shop over there. <laughs> yeah, it'll, she'll be okay, out in I, second. She'll be out halfway through the second. It's fine. <laughs> I do have to say there was one thing that was strange about the rink is the locker rooms were underground, so you would have to walk up. I imagine it was probably three flights of stairs. And in hockey gear, that's not that easy, especially with goalie pads. So the goalies were kind of waddling up trying to <laughs> trying to get up all these stairs. It was quite the workout just to get onto the ice. But once you were on the ice, it was it was all good. And you're talking about how hot it is in that rink. So not only is it hot, you're having to go up three flights of stairs in hockey gear? No, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it sounds like it's still a pretty cool experience. Could you smell like the food or... Anything else as you were out on the rink? Looking back on it, I don't think I could smell anything on the ice. Probably it was so hot out there. I think we could only just smell each other and how <laughs> not great we smelled. I was say, that's the worst part of hockey. My, my wife tells me all the time, I'm the best smelling man. And I'm like, well, that's because I know how <laughs> awful I smell when I play hockey. So I overcompensate when I'm not playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah hockey gear can get pretty bad and washing it can be pretty gross i washed my gear probably about two 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 years ago in a bathtub and i used um forget what i used but it the bath water turned yellow and it was disgusting i don't know if i could ever do it again but it's, i smelled really good for like two practices before i went back to smelling not so good i well I, i'm sure it's similar with goalies but i always tell my wife whenever i come home she's like Ugh. and like she can tell right away and so i'll i'll go wash my hands and instantly she's like you know you don't actually smell that bad anymore i'm like it's the hands because our hands bake in those gloves mm-hmm. and the gloves just oh they're just oh. the worst smelling thing in the world yeah they're awful what do you use to wash your hands because i still have not found a solution my hands smell no matter what i do 
Oh, it's like uh, I use like three different soaps. Like I just I, I'll do one and be like, eh, I'll use something else, and I'll use something else, and I basically just keep trying to find different ways of masking it. Okay. <laughs> That's all That's I'm fair. doing. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> yep. So, um, well, anyway, uh, so I wanted to tell, uh, talk to you a little bit about kind of the women's hockey in general. Um, so I actually had texted you this because I was so excited when I saw it. And I was like, oh, I've got to make sure Lev sees this. 15-year-old Morgan Stickney becomes the first female American player drafted in the WHL history. Um, so she was selected by the Portland Winterhawks in the 10th round at 215 overall of their, uh, their prospect draft. And uh, she's the second ever female player chosen in the WHL. First was a defenseman, uh, Chloe Primorano. Uh, Primor- Pr- I can't say her name. Primorano, I believe is how you say it. Wow. Um, <laughs> but Morgan is a goalie, and she put up some great numbers for Shattuck St. Mary's at their 16-under program. Um, so just for you, and again, we've seen women play. You know, we all know about Maiden Rayom. Uh, Shannon Zabatos has played in a WHL game. Taya Curry was drafted into the OHL back in 2021. But to see this kind of become almost normal, to see a woman get drafted now into the CHL, that's pretty amazing to see, right? Yeah, it's it's incredible to see. And first off, congratulations to Morgan and her family. I'm sure she's just over the moon at that. Uh, of being drafted and having the opportunity to to compete with those guys. And then for other female players who are, are talented, who might not have been drafted, there's so much talent. And I'm going to specifically talk about Minnesota. There's just so much talent that is coming up. I was at a practice, I think two nights ago with Winnie Brown, who used to play on the Whitecaps and owns this hockey company called OS Hockey, where I do some goalie coaching and I, we, I sat beside her at the end of practice and was just like, wow, these kids shoot so hard. They just flex the stick and the puck is just absolutely gone. I'm terrified to stand beside the net now because I feel like if that puck comes off the goalie or off the crossbar, it, it could do some damage to me standing in the corner. So it's just a testament to how hard these girls are working and how many more opportunities are accessible for them, whether that's training on the ice, off the ice. And, and it's just incredible to see the amount of growth that has happened in a short amount of time. I played boys hockey when I was growing up because there wasn't a lot of opportunities for, for females, but I know that if I was Mm. high school age now, I would be playing with girls with how talented they are. And it's just so much fun to see. And, one thing that I can say is I don't really envy the high school goalies right now because of how hard people are shooting. It's on a different level, and I know it's only going to continue to get better and better and better as as time passes. And it's it's fun to see the growth of women's hockey in a relatively short amount of time and what opportunities for females can do and how much better we can get when we're we're given the proper tools needed in order to be successful and to grow as individuals and, and players on the ice. Yeah, I'll tell you. So I've I've gone and seen now um uh the one of your fans, a fan of yours, Nicole Miller, the very tiny listener of our show. I think she's eleven. Um, I've gone and seen her play now, and there are some kids that can shoot. And she's the goalie, and she loves playing goalie, which I am always like, if you choose to play goalie, you're insane. No offense, Lev. You want rubber shot at you at a hundred miles per hour. Okay, that's normal, but I watch these girls shoot and I'm like, 
that girl's got a harder shot than me. And she's 11 years old. Like, it's crazy to see how much talent is coming out of the women's pool nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I was a few weeks ago, I was on the ice with a U10 team and this girl came up to me and was like, Hey, watch this move that I have. And I was expecting her to do something pretty normal, something that I've seen before. And she did this like crazy Michigan thing where she put pressure down on the puck and then spun around and, and flung the puck behind her, like a lacrosse move. And it went far down. And I just like, I was speechless. I couldn't believe that someone at her age had that much control over, over the puck and, watching that u10 practice everybody's like going far down it's a scary time to be a goalie i feel like because at that age your head is right by the crossbar so kudos to all the goalies who are sticking with it and are are taking those those hard shots at at a young age i know or i feel like the goalie talent is going to continue to increase with how much better players are getting i feel like the technology of the stick helps a little bit but there are some incredibly talented young girls out there and it's so fun and rewarding to be able to see them so i have to ask you if you're like me um i think and i know maiden realm has played in a preseason game i do think by the time i'm an old man it's i'm not saying it's going to be common but i think at that point we will have women who have played in like actual nhl games not just preseason is is that crazy thinking on my part I I think it's possible. I think with how much women's hockey has continued to increase and the talent pool has continued to grow. And I think it, it could be possible. Uh, I think it would be a goalie. I'm a little biased. So I'm going to say, I think it would be a goalie. Uh, I agree. Okay. Just because (laughs) they get to be isolated and in the crease and don't have to deal with the physicality of, of the game. And I'm sure there are some players that can easily throw a body check around and not be harmed by it but there are some six foot eight guys i feel like playing in in the nhl which would put a little bit of a disadvantage uh to females but the goalie position i feel like if you can get a goalie that's six two uh and has good fundamentals i think she would be completely fine uh maybe get a really good chest protector and and glove and blocker just (laughs) to protect yourself because that puck is probably coming off really really fast uh at that level but i think it could be done well, and you've mentioned the net crashing too. I mean, you're going to get sticks up at you. You're going to get guys falling over you. So yeah, you want to be well protected, but that's anyone. That's a man too. You want to make sure, mm-hmm. hey, there's going to be guys falling over me, skate blades flying in front of my face. I got to make sure I'm well protected. But yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a woman uh, or a goalie. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I'm with you. I've played against, there's a female that plays in my league as a goalie and she's, phenomenal she's great and i'm just like you need to play in a league higher than me because you don't belong here you are way too good and we see it all the time i mean we you know phf obviously you know again you can be partial here but the phf goalies are awesome uh obviously we've seen the olympics uh the team canada team usa even team sweden and finland are starting to churn out some amazing goalies uh their programs have improved so much and it's just we're going to see it. I really feel like it's going to happen. Maybe not five years, maybe not 10 years, but I think 20, 25 years for sure. We will see at least one female again, break in, maybe not starting 50 games a year, but she's going to play in a game. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that would be so cool. And congratulations to whoever that's going to become. And I know when I was growing up, there wasn't a professional women's hockey league set up. So my aspirations were definitely on the NHL, which were not attainable by any means. But I now knowing that there are a lot of talented young female goaltenders out there, they do have somewhere to strive to play in, in the PHF uh, or any other professional women's hockey league. And, and knowing that I think will will make a difference. And the league, in my opinion, every year has continued to get better and better with the, with the talent pool that's coming in. We've seen, uh, Nora Ratu has just signed uh, with the Metropolitan Riveters and, and she's regarded as one of the best goaltenders in the world for a female right now. Uh, and there's a lot of other goaltenders who are also very talented that play in the league. Emma Soderberg just signed with the Connecticut Whale and she had an incredible game against Team Canada where I think she made like 62 saves or something. Uh, so there, and I feel like the league's going to continue to increase and the talent there is going to get better and better. And these young girls who are growing up have somewhere that they can aspire to be. And it might not have to be the, the NHL anymore. They have somewhere that they can play and they can get paid. Salaries have increased drastically since I first started. I think the highest paid player right now is Daryl Watts and she's making 150 K, which is incredible. And there's been a lot of signings of players making over six uh yeah over six figures which is quite incredible when you think about where the game was just nine years ago to where it is today and if uh people continue to invest in women's hockey i'm really excited to see where it can continue to go and and grow into and what it can grow into well they can keep bringing in these other you know big name goalies into the phf love but they're not the uh they're not the leading winner all time in PHF history. So just want to say that <laughs> we all know who that is. Uh, <laughs> so modest. Um, so I have to ask you about uh, one last question for you. So this year uh, in terms of coverage for the PHF, quite a drastic change. It used to just be streamed on Twitch, which is a fine program. And I'm glad you guys, I was able to watch your games pretty easily this past year. ESPN plus picked up, um, I was, I don't know if it was all the games or most of, or what the percentage was, but that was awesome. What was it like? Did you guys notice a difference in terms of coverage, uh, you know, uh, locker room interactions, anything like that with the, the change to ESPN plus ESPN plus was great from start of the season till the end. They covered pretty much every single game. Uh, especially for people who are viewing in the U.S., every game was accessible for them to see, except I think there was one Connecticut game. I forget who they were. I think it was Connecticut uh, versus Buffalo was the only game that wasn't uh, able to be seen on ESPN2, which is I- incredible. That Just knowing where the league was a few years ago to the accessibility for fans uh, now is is awesome and it was really well done the stream was awesome the players who were or the broadcasters who were calling the game did such a good job of sharing little bits of information about players that go just beyond what's happening on the ice and I thought it was really well done and I'm excited to see what they can continue to do as uh, the league continues to grow yeah um, I again I loved it I mean noticeable difference for the viewer at least and again more accessible easier to find 
all I had to do whenever you guys had a game was go on my ESPN app and just type in white caps, boom, you guys would pop up or even just PHF and all the upcoming games would pop up. So very accessible, very easy to get to. And I love seeing the growth of the PHF. Um, I have to ask you again, the Jersey that's over my shoulder here. I loved it. So again, I, I know, I think I wore, uh, I don't think I did wear it. Cause I think I got it after Christmas. I will be wearing it a lot this year at Christmas time. It's the Minnesota Whitecaps Christmas jersey. You said you guys wore it once. Um, beautiful jersey. How many different jerseys do you guys cycle through throughout the year? Is this the only special jersey you guys do? And if it's not, what was your favorite this year? That one was definitely my favorite jersey by far. It also had egg. We also had pant covers that went with it that were green and had red numbers on them, which was was a little bit wild, but it, it was very cool. We, I think we, I believe we have five specialty jerseys. We had a, a pride jersey, a military appreciation jersey. I'm blanking on the other ones, but I, I'm pretty sure almost, if not every weekend that we were at home, most. Maybe every other weekend we had a specialty jersey that came into play. But this one by far I think could be agreed with a lot of fans as well was the best the best one. And uh, a lot of players came on the ice and warm up with reindeer antler uh, stuff on their head. Yes, which, I saw that. <laughs> which kind of just added to the whole aesthetic. And it's really cool at towards the end of the season, I think it was uh, the our last year's against Connecticut, there were still people who were wearing those jerseys i think that might have been the most common jersey that i saw so i think it a lot of fans uh, i appreciated all the work that went into it behind the scenes i think our gm designed it and he did he did a really good job it's a it's a beaut um i love that like off off white cream color white i love that on jerseys and then to see it on a, not only a christmas jersey but seeing on a white caps jersey that's red and green it just it it went together so well, and like I told you off air, I saw it. They they advertised, hey, we've got a couple of these jerseys left, and I'm like, oh, I need to get one. And I went on and I looked. I looked at my wife and I go, I'm about to spend some money. I hope it's okay. And she's like, let me guess, it's a hockey jersey. And I'm like, yes, but it's an awesome hockey jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had mentioned before we got on that the Whitecaps should wear that every game in December, and I'm totally down to do that. I think that should become a thing they should create the petition to to make that happen because that jersey is just it's gorgeous i might have to make that petition for you yes we'll see because i think that would be awesome (laughs) i love it um awesome dude lev it's it's always great catching up with you um have so much fun talking i try not to bother you during the season but one of these times i might have to and get you on for a show because i know our listeners love hearing from you too um, and plus just checking out on you during the season, instead of just saying, Hey, here's everything that happened this year. Let's talk about it. I want to know what's going on in the moment. What's going through Lev's mind. So we'll have to do that sometime, but thank you very much for coming on. Always fun talking to you. Um, if there's anybody listening in the Minnesota area, I know that during the whole Bennington flurry dust up, we started getting listeners from Minnesota just to give us trouble. Um, so in case there are some listening and there, if, if there's any hockey camps that you do that you maybe have coming up this summer, I know I'm kind of springing this on you, but anything comes to mind, please go ahead. 
Uh, so I, I work for a camp called OS Hockey, which I mentioned before, and we actually start our eight-week summer camp June 12th, and it will run all the way till mid-August. Obviously, we take the 4th of July week off, and I'm really looking forward to it. It, it is a ton of fun. There's a lot of female. It's for females. Uh, there's a lot of female coaches out there who have played at high levels, whether that's playing professional hockey uh, played for the Gophers or other NCAA schools. And it's, it's such a great environment to be a part of where you have these young girls who are aspiring to get to the next level and their coaches are players who have played at that level and have the experience and the knowledge to help those guys get to whatever their goals may be, whether that's making the varsity team or going off and playing in college, which is not an easy thing to do. It's quite difficult now with, as we talked about before, just how much women's hockey has grown and how many talented hockey players there are at a young age now. Uh, So being a part of that program and on the coaching staff is, is something that I really enjoy and, uh, and really looking forward to that getting started in the, the next couple of weeks. The owner is Winnie uh, Bro Brown. She played for the Whitecaps. Megan Pizan, who also previously played for the Whitecaps, is is a part of the coaching staff. And Allie Morse, another familiar name to those who follow the Minnesota Whitecaps. She played on the team for, I think, three seasons. Uh, and there's a lot of former Whitecaps who are also still heavily involved on on the coaching staff. So it's, it's just a fun environment for the kids and, and also for the coaches as well. Awesome. Well, Lev from everyone at the let's go blues radio show, as well as our listeners, we all want to wish you luck on the upcoming season. Let's stay injury free. (laughs) And uh, let's see you back in the final, because I know that was, uh, we had a couple people tune in, listen to the show and we're rooting for you. So let's see you back there next year. Good luck next season. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and thanks for having a good chat. It was a lot of fun to be back. I'll take that. A pro athlete telling me I'm good at talking hockey, I'll take it. <laughs> well, thanks again to Amanda or Lev for coming on the show. God, she's awesome. I uh, just have so much fun talking to her. We were texting after, too, and um, she's just she's become a friend, and it's cool. Like, she's, uh, you know, uh, just very down to earth, very cool. And, and you guys can tell she's knows her stuff. Um, so I always love having her on. I'm serious. We're getting her on mid season this year. Uh, talk about the season and, uh, uh, kind of, you know, the rigmarole of, of playing professional hockey mid season rather than talking to her after or before season. So we will do that. I will, uh, I will text her and, and get her on, uh, sometime this year. Uh, so again, next week, we will have our third all-time team reveal show. Uh, so it'll be number one for left wing. So four positions are going to have two shows each. Uh, we will reveal two players of each team. Or, I'm sorry, of each position. Uh, so for left wing, is it Brandon Shanahan, Keith Kachuk, Brian Sutter, Pavel Dimitra, Alexander Steen, David Perron, Jorgen Pedersen, Pavel Buchnevich? Who is it? Uh, so that's all coming up next week. Uh, we will reveal two uh, of the positions, one and two for left wing. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that. I don't know if we'll do it live yet or not. We'll, uh, we'll have that announced probably by Monday of next week. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com, where spring cleaning isn't just for your home. Let's clean up your health together. Visit RockinThatIDLife.com for more information. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. 
and by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out centericebrewery.com and navigate to their Where to Find Us page for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. That will do it for Episode 6 of Season 12 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a great week, everyone. For Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Producer Austin, and my awesome guest, Amanda Levier of the Minnesota Whitecaps, I'm Jeff Ponder, and I will talk with you next week. This was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. And let's go Whitecaps. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. (laughs) You thought I was going to say, son of a bitch, didn't you?